On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse, we talk with an abuse survivor named James. And James was in a one-sided marriage of seven years to a spouse that was constantly cheating on him. It's a story of never being good enough and the constant push and pull of having your partner on a pedestal. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse, a podcast that gives a voice to survivors of narcissistic abuse. I am Brandon Chadwick, but my friends call me Chad, and thanks for tuning into this episode. So what is a narcissist, you may ask? Well, for the purposes of this podcast, we refer to a narcissist as anyone who has displayed a pattern of behavior that shows a limited capacity to appreciate others' perspectives. It is that simple. And now, before we get to our episode with James, I just wanted to thank everyone in the Narcissist Apocalypse community for listening to the show and sharing your thoughts by email, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Also, a reminder, if you haven't left us a review on whatever podcast service you use, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, CastBox, etc., etc., please leave us a five-star written review as it helps out the show when it comes to rankings. Now, if you haven't been to our website recently please do go there if you want to be part of our show and be a guest. Go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com, find the button that says Guest Form, fill out the form, and away we'll go. We'll go through the whole entire process. And the quickest way to be part of the show is to also go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com and read a letter to your narcissist and be part of our Letters to Our Narcissist compilation episode. We have a voicemail recorder on our website to record. Go to NarcissistApocalypse.com, right side of the page. It's always floating, hard to miss. There's a button that says Send Voicemail. Press it, and away you'll go. We are accumulating these letters to have a volume three of that episode, so send in those voicemails. And if you want to send in a written letter, just send it to us at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com, and myself or my old pal Melissa will read it on the show for you. There are some other things on our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. We are now offering high-conflict parenting courses that can be found at NarcissistApocalypse.com slash courses. Yes, we have partnered with an online parenting company, and many of the courses we are offering were created by Bill Eddy. And if you've listened to our episode last year with a divorce lawyer named Helen, you'll know that Bill Eddy is an expert in dealing with high-conflict individuals in court, and he's now helped create many parenting courses to help you through divorce and to help support your children too. These courses are the most widely recognized courses by family courts across the country. So if you want to support the show and are looking for guidance, please do go to NarcissistApocalypse.com slash courses. And we have some more things on the table for you guys today. We have a new podcast. Yes, we have a podcast called Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, and it is now available for your listening pleasure. We have nine episodes that we have released. Our last episode was about choosing the right therapist or coach for you. It's a big topic we get asked a lot about. And if you want to support this podcast, one of the many ways is to hire a therapist or coach from our directory. 
Yes, we have a directory at abusetherapy.org. So if you're looking for a therapist or coach, please do go to abusetherapy.org. And if we don't have someone in your area, let us know and we'll help find someone for you. Using abusetherapy.org helps support the show. But do you know what else helps support the show? Our Patreon. Yes, we started a Patreon. If you want to hear episodes that never made it to air, follow-up episodes with former guests, and much, 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 much more, join our Patreon. We'll be releasing new content on there every week. So help support the show by becoming a patron of our Patreon at patreon.com slash NarcissistApocalypse. And last thing, I promise it's the last thing. We started a YouTube channel and we started making fun pop culture narcissist based videos. So if you want to go check those out, they're more on the humorous side. Uh, We'll leave a link to that in our description. And now it's time for me to get out of my own way and your way. Here is my conversation with James. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse with me. Today, I have James. How are you? I'm fine, Brandon. Yourself? I am good. And we are both fellow Canucks. And today, James is going to tell us a story of his uh, marriage. And uh, it's infidelity. It's a common thread uh, with many people who are in narcissistic abuse relationships. And I'm just rambling. I'm about to get out of my way and your way. And the floor, James, is now yours. Okay, thanks, uh, Brandon. Um, I guess I'll start off with a little bit about myself. Um, grew up in a, a general kind of stable, well, semi-stable childhood. Uh, parents divorced when I was 13. Um, my dad uh, was uh, cheating on my wife, or sorry, on my mother. That's kind of a weird one. Um, <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> great start. Um, I'm keeping that in. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he was uh, cheating on... Uh, my mother at the time and they split up and uh then of course they met their significant others and uh, everything went on happy about that um i've been married well now twice um my first marriage i met uh, my first wife uh through high school and uh, we got married in uh, 2008 um had a beautiful son in 2009 um shortly after that uh, you know, uh, with buying houses and new cars and new kid and new everything, uh, everything kind of took its toll and we ended up drifting apart in 2012 and we ended up separating in 2012, uh, on Halloween actually, uh, trick or treat on that one. Um, so, um, upon separation, I had, uh, we, we got a separation agreement and a child custody agreement drawn up real quick and, uh, she was in and out of that, or she was out of the house within a couple of weeks, and we assumed uh, a child custody agreement of uh, one week on, one week off with our son, and uh, I was left uh, with the house, which was uh, in a lot of disrepair, so I had to repair it with uh, the help with my father over the next six or seven months to try and get it up and running and then get it on the market for sale because uh, my ex-wife was moving to the east side of the city, and she wanted her son there to go to school. So uh, I was trying hard to try and make those things happen. Um, part of our separation agreement uh, uh, or our trial custody agreement is that if anybody new came into the lives uh, of our son, that the other parent would get a chance to uh, meet him or meet this person before meeting our, our son. And my ex-wife met somebody fairly quickly after uh, the marriage uh, broke down. 
and uh, I had requested to uh, uh, want to meet this person, and I never got a response. So uh, I ended up having to do some uh, investigating myself to try and find out who this this person was, and uh, I ended up finding out who he was. And um, it turned out he was actually involved in a relationship prior with uh, with a with a girl who had a kid, and uh, I tracked her down. And this is where. I kind of met my narc, if you will. Um, so, so, I ended up sending- so, so your narcissist ended up being the ex-wife to the husband, or a few, did you, did your wife get your ex-wife get married? No, she didn't. Okay, so to the future boyfriend of yeah. your wife. Did, I don't even. Yeah, I like- made probably made that even more confusing for everyone. Oh, yeah. If anybody just wants to kind of Google the Shania Twain effect, that's what exactly what we did here. Um, I ended up uh, sending a message to uh, my ex-wife's boyfriend's ex-girlfriend. I think if we can, I think we can clear that up there. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, it gets weirder. Um, so uh, I ended up sending a message to her. She never responded back for about a month and a half. And by that time, I had met the, the new boyfriend. And uh, everything was fine on that end. Uh, anyway, she responded back to me, and uh, she seemed very nice. And uh, she uh, gave him lots of, uh, you know, uh, compliments about how good he was with her son and, 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 you know, how good he was and how much of a father figure he was and that sort of thing, which really made me feel a lot better. Um, but then we started talking kind of back and forth, you know, about our access to start and you know, what happened and that sort of thing. And then we started talking a little bit more about other things. And it just felt so natural talking to her that it, it like, I almost like it, it almost felt like I was almost talking to myself. And um, eventually one thing led to another. And uh, I finally asked her if she wanted to go out for a drink. And I wasn't thinking she was going to say yes, because uh, first of all, I thought she was, you know, she was a very good looking woman. And uh, I don't have very much confidence in myself, so uh, she ended up saying yes, and so we ended up going out uh, uh, a few days later. I uh, kind of went all out on the first date, uh, you know, did a did a quest around town. It was a quest to try and figure out where we were going to eat, um, and uh, it was in the middle of the winter time too, um, which I found out later that she was not a big fan of winter. Um, but anyway, she played along real well, and uh, we had a really good first date. Uh, we ended up closing the restaurant down and went back to her place, and we talked literally till about 5 o'clock in the morning, and it just it felt so natural to the point, like, we, we were even finishing each other's sentences, and it just felt like everything was just going great. Anyways, we ended up with a, with a, with a kiss to end the night, and I went home, started working on my house that I was trying to get sold, and... Uh, she texted me the next day uh, immediately, just wondering how I am and what I'm, you know, what I'm up to, and wondering if you know I can come back over and see her again and that sort of thing. So I ended up seeing her again that or the next night, and it 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 was just it, it just went really really like the talking was just so natural, and she was like just almost like she was it almost felt like it was just too good to be true. Um, the way I was, the way that we were talking about, you know, our goals and ambitions and what we're into and that sort of thing. And she always seemed to, that she was kind of into the same things I was, which is, it was it just sounded like impossible. Um, so anyways, that night we ended up actually, you know, having sex, which I thought was a little quick. Um, and then shortly after that, um, every day I would get texts and uh pictures and 
say, I really miss you and I really want to be with you and when you're coming back and that sort of thing. And I, I was, I was in a part of my life where I was, where my life was not kind of all together. Um, and I wasn't really expecting to get back into a relationship so quickly. Um, but she just made everything seem so natural and just, uh, so right. And that she was saying all the right things to me. Like, uh, it, it started very early on, like within a couple of weeks, she was telling me I was the one and, uh, I was just eating it all up. Like it was crazy. Like I was, I was in a, I was, I was in a part of like a part of my life where I, any type of positive, uh, uh, any type of positive compliments would, would be, would just lift me right up. So, and I, I think she kind of read that off me because, uh, you know, I, I was not, I was not a very happy guy at the time. Um, so she, uh, continued to like, like I said, every day, almost like on the hour, like just constant text messages and we were texting back and forth and everything was just going great. Um, and, uh, you know, she, uh, just couldn't get enough of me. And early on in the relationship, there was a lot of, uh, like I said, a lot of, uh, now that I know what it is, love bombing. Um, and a lot of, uh, um, compliments coming my way. And then, it, and then it, it, it just, just shortly after that, it almost like we were spending almost every day together. <clears throat> I mean, I would, I would, I'd, I'd work and then I would go right to her house or, or we'd meet up somewhere and, 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 and like we became a couple really, really fast to the point, like even a month in, um, we hadn't really introduced our kids to each other or, or to them or, or what, what have you, that sort of thing, because we didn't know where the relationship was going, but it really seemed like it was, it was going like incredibly fast. And it was almost like something I couldn't stop it, but she, I mean, she just kept on pouring it on. Like, you know, you're the one for me and. I'm so in love with you and I can't wait to spend the next 50 years with you together, that sort of thing. Just constant, like one after the other, just one more. And it just, I was just eating it right up and not even thinking anything of it. So the and, love bombing uh, uh, was so constant that it was just so overwhelming. Um, it, were you, were there any red flags that you could see or just ignored at that time? I mean, I'm not the best at relationships to begin with, obviously. So, I mean, I, I didn't know what a red flag was. Um, I think, you know, hindsight 2020, yeah, that definitely was a red flag for me. Uh, but I was, like I said, I was at a point in my life that, um, like I said, I could have used anything at that point to try and, uh, raise my spirits. And, uh, I'd, I'd never have somebody do this to me. So I, I thought I was actually doing the right thing. So I just kept on doing it. Uh, I just kept on, you know, texting her and that sort of thing. And, and saying saying things back to her like in the same sort of fashion like I just can't believe that we're we're so in tune with each other and that uh, you know everything just flows just perfectly and then like a month in like I said a month into the relationship she was even talking about marriage and I was like you know that red flag should have came up right away because I just literally got out of a marriage and I was you know saying that I wasn't going to get back into one and I kind of had to slow her down just a little bit and said, Oh, I'm still married. So I'm, I'm just, I'm in a separation right now. So let's, let's calm down. But it, it even came to the point, like we were shopping at a mall and we would go into a jewelry store and she would like point at rings and say, that's what, that would look really nice on my finger and, and that sort of thing. And it, it actually turned my opinion around on marriage. Like I like I didn't want to get married again, but then all of a sudden, well now, because everything's going so well and, she literally just like treats me like 
you know, like I'm a god that, yeah, maybe maybe I can see myself getting married to her again and that sort of thing. So it, it, it was... Did you ever talk... Just, sorry, did you ever talk to the boyfriend about her or no? No, no, I didn't. Uh, um, I don't think he was really too impressed that I was dating her. Um, but I mean, I could, I mean, afterwards, I, I, after all this, you know, all this had happened, that sort of thing, like down, like down the road, that sort of thing, we do, we did end up talking and it, it was kind of funny because, um, he, she did the exact same thing to him. Um, so almost word for word, um, he was just absolutely shocked, um, uh, about how she was going about things because she did the exact same to him and he fell for it as well too. Um, because him and I are actually kind of like similar. Um, so, you know, so I never, I never really talked to him throughout our entire relationship. And like we were, we were together seven years. Uh, so anyways, we, uh, we eventually started seeing, uh, or we introduced our kids to each other and that sort of thing. And they didn't like each other at first, obviously. Um, but eventually we kind of started growing into a family about, you know, five, four, four months, four or five months into the relationship and uh my house was almost done and i was getting ready to sell and i was moving i was going to have to move to the east end um of the city you know uh, as agreed with my ex-wife and just you know it just kind of fit into place my narc lived in the east end as well too and asked if she if we wanted to move in with her and this is like four or five months into the relationship and i had to think about it for a couple of days but as I was thinking about it, she was just constantly persuading me, like, this is like this is what can happen. Like, you, if you move in, then we'll be with each other all the time. And, you know, we'll be able to do things for each other. And, you know, and then we could, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, we can just love each other all the time. And, you know, like, why, 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 you know, why put this on hold? Let's, like, everything just seems so right for us. And the more and more I got persuaded, I, eventually I said, okay, I'll, I'll, let's 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 try the moving in part and we'll see how it goes so i moved into her house in july of 2013 and um everything was okay uh you know we 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 didn't argue we never disagreed or anything like that um you know everything just seemed to be going way too perfect like it just and and i was just in a kind of just a just in a haze just like on cloud nine if you will uh like just completely and utterly just deeply in love with this woman and I, I i can never think that she could do no wrong and she never she never did do any wrong whatsoever like she was constantly doing some doing things for me and that sort of thing and i was doing things for her and uh if she wanted something special i'd run out and go get it and you know bring it to her or that sort of thing and it was everything was just fantastic um she was uh, in the process of trying to become a police officer at this time. And uh, so she would go on uh, ride-alongs with police officers um, just to figure, just to, you know, look at what they do during a shift and that sort of thing. And she had a cop friend um, who was a guy and uh, she would go on ride-alongs with him from time to time uh, on a night shift. And I never thought anything of this because I'm just, you know, she wants me. She told me that, you know, I'm the best and, and that, uh, you know, that she's in love with me. I'm the one, you know, I was just constantly thinking that in my head, like nothing could possibly happen whatsoever. Nothing at all. Um, anyways, one day I was in her computer, um, updating her software and that sort of thing. And I came across, you know, some, 
text messages on a in a picture, and it was the text messages from you know between her and this cop guy, and it was pretty explicit stuff um, about what they were going to do each other on the next ride along and that sort of thing. I don't know. I don't know if I want to get into too much detail on it, but uh, I mean, people can use their imagination. Um, so I, I, I started to kind of break down and I was devastated like this is unreal. Why is this happening? And that sort of thing. So I confronted her, I confronted her immediately as soon as I found it. And she just said that was, those are just text messages that, that we never did anything like that on a ride along or, uh, we were never planning on doing that. And it was just friendly flirting. And I'm thinking to myself, that's not friendly flirting. I don't do that to women. I don't text that to women and, and, and say those types of things because I would, I would just feel horrible. Um, so, anyways, it took a couple of days to kind of get over that, and we we talked about it, and and then she said, "No, don't worry about it. I'm not going to do that again." And you know, don't you know? Just remember, you know, you're the one for me. You know, I'm in, I'm 100 in love with you. I mean, it was just it didn't mean anything, and the, and then of course, then you know, manipulation started again, and I fell for it. And, uh, you know, I just went, you know, gaga over again. And then right after that, in that incident, then she started love bombing even more. Like it was daily, hourly, you know, uh, you know, I love you, that sort of thing. I hope you have a great day at work, that sort of thing. I'll be thinking about you all the time and that sort of thing. And then sending pictures and stuff like that, of you know, sexual poses and that sort of thing. And really get my mind off of the actual problem that we were going through. And, you know, even to the point where she was, you know, you know, going above and beyond, like doing extra things for me and helping out around the house and, and, uh, that sort of thing. So it took a while to get over that, but we, we did get over it and things were going really good. Um, uh, no fighting family was getting along, um, you know, and then, uh, you know, she was going on ride alongs, but with other cops, like women, female cops at the time, you know, to put my mind at ease. Um, so one day down the road, I'd say about six months later, that sort of thing, uh, uh, we were uh, moving into a new house and we just settled in and that sort of thing. And uh, I texted her one day and uh, I said, hey, what's going on? And she's like, oh, I'm just taking the dog for a walk in the park. And this little, like a local kind of walking park or walking trail for for dogs and, you know, people, that sort of thing. And I, and I said, oh, okay, cool. And I was kind of driving in between jobs uh, on construction sites. And uh, I figured, hey, why not? I'm going to go and try and surprise her, see if I can catch her there and maybe go for a walk with her. Um, so I was approaching this uh, this park and, and I noticed that she was in the parking lot with a guy. And I figured, okay, she's probably done. So I'll just kind of keep driving. And as I was driving you know, past, I kind of said, that doesn't seem right. Who was that guy? So I kind of did a U-turn and then drove back. I guess she thought that I had drove, like she saw me drive by the first time. And I guess she thought that I just kept on driving, but I, I did a U-turn and came back. And when I came back, I saw them making out <sighs> and I literally almost went off the road cause I was just in shock and not even paying attention. And so I just continued driving home. And as I was driving home, or when I got home, I texted her and I said, and I just kind of started talking, just normally that sort of thing, and just kind of like, what were you doing at the park and that sort of thing? And she literally 
didn't even say one thing about what she was doing. She was just saying that she was uh, getting the, the dog into the car and that she was just talking with some guy. And then I, and I said, that's not what I saw. And then uh, she's like, well, you know, what did you see? And I'm like, you were making out with a guy. And then she's like, well, only for a second. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, really? Like, you're, you know, I mean... I mean, I know you're taking responsibility for this, but... She had zero remorse. Zero remorse whatsoever. No, zero remorse, zero apology whatsoever. So I said, okay, that's fine. And then we didn't text later until later on, or we didn't talk to later on when she she came home from uh, teaching a a fitness class. So within that time, she went and taught a fitness class instead of coming home to discuss this with you. Uh, What is going on in your brain uh, what is, are you thinking of uh, ultimatums that are going to happen? Are you willing to just break up with her there? Um, you know, this is devastating I, to, to actually see, not just hear yeah. or read. So, um, did you have like a, so, uh, did you have a plan that maybe she, she like then tore that plan out completely apart when you got, when she came back? Yeah. So I went home after I'd done texting her, you know, so literally I was pacing up and down the house trying to figure out what the you know, what am I going to do here? How am I going to approach this? Like, how, like I can't just, I, I don't want to go in and just start yelling and screaming at her because it just doesn't get anywhere. And I said, I'm going to try and take the, the, you know, the mature approach here and just try and talk this out. So she came home and I really, I didn't have, I, I had a, I had a couple of plans in my head, like it's a couple of scenarios that we're going to go, you know, a certain way, like either we're going to get into this really heavy or we're going to really sit down and talk about this and find out why you keep doing this. Um, so she came home and I said, so, you know, do you want to explain it? Like what's going on? And, uh, turned out it was the same guy that she was on a ride along, um, the first time. And I asked her the question, I said, why do you keep going towards him? Why do you keep grabbing towards him? Like why gravitating towards him? And, and, and why do you guys keep doing this? I mean, this guy was married too. And, uh, and she's, I, she's, I just can't explain it. And she's like, he just does something for me. And my heart just dropped. And I just, uh, like, I can't believe you're saying this right now. Like, I've, you know, I've been pretty much the model boyfriend for, you know, the last, you know, year, year, you know, year and a half. And, you know, I, I've, I've taken care of your, your child and I've, you know, I'm coaching his hockey now and I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything around the house and, well, you can go off and do whatever it is, whatever you want to do, because I gave her that much leniency. I just, if she wanted to do something, it's like, go ahead and do it, you know? And I'd always, you know, stay back and take care of the kids and that sort of thing. And, and then, you know, progressively through the relationship, like through the relationship, it just got worse and worse until I was just a full-time homebody and, and just, you know, making sure the kids were all right while she pursued whatever kind of goal she was thinking about that week. And so, so in a way you became like over time a babysitter. And, and housekeeper. Uh, essentially, yeah. And it's funny, that's kind of the exact same um, kind of wording that her ex-boyfriend told me afterwards, that he became a, like just like a stay-at-home dad um, to a child that, that wasn't even his. Um, and, and, that's and, exact- and, and during this time, 
are you being put down in any way? You know, because uh, you said before coming in, you, you you know you thought she was beautiful, and that you weren't. Uh, maybe your self esteem uh, about yourself wasn't great. So, are you being put down in other ways? Are you being told other things about yourself that you're kind of led to believe or to make yourself feel insecure? Uh. Yeah, a lot of like uh like she's she's obviously very like into fitness and that sort of thing and uh there was always uh, little jabs here and there about me cuz I wasn't really going to a gym or anything like that. I mean between working, you know, 50 hours a week and and then going home and 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 doing everything that I have to do at home that it, sometimes I just didn't have the time to do it and I was just just tired, but there would always be these little subtle jabs about, you know, you should really join a gym, you know, if you want to cut off, you know, that beer belly or anything like that, or get your stomach down and that sort of thing. Or, uh, with my hair, um, it was more, it was more physical features. Uh, like, uh, you know, uh, like she didn't like when I shaved my face, like she liked always having the five o'clock shadow or something that all the time. And I didn't like the five o'clock shadow that much at first, you know, and then of course she kind of convinced me that this is just the way to go. And of course, then I just was five o'clock shadow all the time, or, or there was a certain way that she liked my haircut and always telling me when to go get a haircut. And, you know, it's, you know, she was having me cutting, like getting a haircut every, you know, three or four weeks. And I'm usually, I just go like, you know, two months, you know, I hate getting a haircut, but she convinced me to just, you know, everything that she would say about me that was kind of negative, I would try and get it done because I'm like, oh, I just want to impress her. And I, I, you know, I want her, you know, to make her, you know, love me even more and that sort of thing. So it wasn't really necessarily about what I wanted. It was everything that she wanted. So any type of negativity or something, I would take it to heart and I would jump on it right away. Um, you know, a certain way, like even everything to you know buying food or certain types of food that sort of thing you know why you shouldn't really buy this food you you know this is that you know it's it's healthier for you and then you know sure now i'm eating you know organic chicken or something like that and and you know or or you know lactose-free yogurt i have no idea and uh did she ever did she ever have like uh rage issues or anything like that uh, not with me directly, but she would have rage issues. Uh, well, she would have rage issues with, the the, her son's father a lot. Um, and also, um, sometimes with her son, um, you know, she would get, uh, you know, really angry and then, you know, kind of call him, you know, names here and there, that sort of thing. But she wasn't overly, like, I wouldn't say she was an overly angry person, um, a lot of people would look at her and think that she's just the most perfect person in the world. Um, she plays a really good face where, you know, nothing bothers her, nothing phases her. Um, you know, she's always looking at things at a positive way and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, she's just the model citizen. Um, so, so she's a charmer. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, she's very much a charmer. Like uh, she's a, she's got a bubbly personality. Um, and you know, so when she gets into crowds or speaking, that sort of thing, like, I mean, she's a fitness teacher, you know, on the side, that sort of thing. So she's, she's also a big fan of like center of attention sort of thing. So when she gets into a crowd, she likes to be that one that stands out and, you know, wants to be, you know, noticed and observed and looked at. And then of course, complimented, uh, you know, how good she looks and that sort of thing. And, um, she's, you know, she's just, she's really, really into herself. Um, and her her looks and her features and you know and um, praise that she does very yeah she's yeah she's she needs constant praise not just by one person by several people so she's always like she's always constantly 
this is one thing I noticed very early on in our relationship that she was always on her phone. Um, and I never had access to this phone, so I never knew what she was really going on in there. But later on in the relationship, I knew when there was bad things going on because she would tilt her phone a certain way. Like if I was sitting beside her, she would tilt her phone a certain way where I couldn't see it. And that's when I knew she was kind of up to no good. Um, I, I later, I nicknamed secret, I nicknamed that kind of that, that motion secret time. So, um, cause I knew that she was either texting, uh, somebody or sending something to somebody that she shouldn't really be sending something to. Um, so as the relationship after, after that second, after that second, uh, kind of infidelity moment, that sort of thing. And, you know, we went through a couple weeks of constant discussion about what's going to happen, that sort of thing. I even asked if she's like, do we want to go into counseling? Like, do we want to go like, I'm, I'm here trying to fix this. I'm not, I'm not telling her that she's wrong, but I'm, I'm telling her like, let's try and fix this. Like I was completely just brainwashed. Um, just, Kind of because I'm always going back in my head, kind of thinking about what she said before about spending the next 50 years with me, and all these these things that we're going to do, like trips and travel and that sort of thing, and even marriage. Marriage was coming up all the time, and you know, so I I, I kind of just every time something bad would happen, we just kind of slide it under the carpet and just pretend that it didn't exist anymore. And that's how she would she would come off. Every time something bad would happen, she would just slide it under the carpet and just not worry about it anymore, not show any remorse or not learn from what we that what just happened. I was I thought I was learning, but apparently not because I kept on letting this happen. Well, is it um, fair to say that you had her on a pedestal? Oh, yeah, absolutely. She was on the pedestal or she was, she was in the queen's throne and I was the little peasant there down below just, you know, on one knee the whole time and just, you know, what would you like? What, what, what can I do for you? How can I make your life any better? I mean, I will try because I didn't want her to go stray away and go, go do what she did the last couple of times. So it's, it's like I just kept on doing the same thing over and over again and uh, she was just eating it all up so then i you know after that like she would start love bombing me but then i would love bomb her back and just give her a whole bunch of praise like you you know i love you you know i uh, you know i didn't i didn't you know i'm sorry we went through all this but i i, I think we still deserve each other and that sort of thing and you know we, you know i hope that we can get through this that sort of thing and then she would fire back and then her love bombing would increase and the manipulation would increase and then all of a sudden it's almost like I forgot that that even happened. And just because of, of all the, the praise and love bombing I was getting from her and that sort of thing. And that she, like, she, not once did she ever apologize in, in any of these situations. Not once. There was not one apology whatsoever. There was not one apology. There was no tears. There was no sign of, of any type of remorse whatsoever. It's almost like, okay, yeah, that happened. And then we'll, you know, we'll just move on and that sort of thing. So after the second one, it's, kind of when uh, my son started actually cluing in about what kind of person she was um uh she kept on talking down to him and nagging him and 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 almost like treating him like he did like she, like she didn't want him to be there almost like she he was interfering with what she had i guess between me and uh and it, i never noticed it because again i was just oblivious to anything at this point because she was just you know giving all of her attention to me so as soon as she gives me her attention then i just feel like you know nothing's wrong everything's great it's fantastic you know and 
uh, you know, over the years and even up until about a few months ago when my son finally had enough, um, he's, he lost a relationship with her. One was the fact that like my son is a very sensitive kid and he's very affectionate and, uh, she could never hug him. She, he would try and go in and she would give him like a side hug, but he would, he wouldn't feel that that was a true hug. And even after this is all said and done, that's all he ever asked for. When I talked to him, he's like, all I ever wanted was to be loved by her and she couldn't love me. And that hurt. That hurt a lot. And I even told her that. And it was like it went in one ear and out the other. And uh, it was tough. It was really tough. Um, so anyways, I mean, after the second incident, that's where then we went a couple, we went about a year and a half or two years without no incidents. Everything was fine. Um, we were getting along. But I noticed that I would like, I was starting to do way more stuff like with the kids, like, uh, we were always going out together and, but without her, she always seemed to not want to come with us or not want to do anything with us or anything like that. So it almost turned out like it was instead of a family of four, it was a family of three. Um, but she was always preoccupied on that phone. Um, so anyways, I, I finally talked to her about it and, you know, she turned it around for a bit and everything, you know, everything seemed to be fine again until about July in about July, 2016. I finally got, I finally got my divorce, um, from my ex-wife and, you know, things were in a good place and I decided that I'm going to propose to her. And so, um, she's, uh, she's, uh, her first language is French. So, and my first language is English and I don't have a second language. So I don't know anything. I don't know any French whatsoever. Um, but I, I, uh, ended up proposing to her in French and, uh, in front of her family and her friends and everything like that in, in, in a special way. And she said, yes. And, uh, she said, we, began, we, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had yeah. to do that joke. Actually, they do a bang we. That's what it is. So, uh, little French people who are French will understand that one. But, uh, uh, so anyways, we started, uh, planning the wedding. Uh, we weren't going to get married right away. We were going to kind of sit in engagement for a couple of years and really take our time on it. And we weren't planning a very big wedding anyways, but, uh, she had never been married before and she was the first sibling in her family to get married. So it was a very special time for her. Um, so for the next couple of years, that was her focus, uh, was planning that wedding and making it absolutely perfect. And I was helping her with the planning a lot and getting involved and that sort of thing. And, uh, so we ended up getting married uh, in July of 2018. And, uh, we had some, you know, some, some, I, I made my own vows, but she just went with the old standard vows, which I kind of thought was kind of weird. Like, I don't know. So, I, so I you figured. were you were putting a lot of effort, and she was giving minimal effort still, right here. Yeah. And, so, and, and, yeah. And on, on your wedding day, when you're putting in that kind of maximum effort on original vows, and she's not putting that effort at all, how are you? Are you uh, you know, you're getting married that day. How are you feeling? Uh, are you feeling ill will towards her on your wedding day? Are you upset on your wedding day because of something like that? No, I, I was I was so busy with itineraries and that sort of thing, uh, and and just getting everything organized and perfect, you know, for her, that I really didn't get a chance to even think about myself. 
not not one bit and i and and throughout the entire relationship that's now looking back on it that's i never thought about myself i never thought about anything i only ever thought about how's she doing how's she feeling does does she need more of this does she need more of that uh do i need to do this more do i need to you know step up with the house duties do i need to take her out to dinner more do we need more date nights you know and not and not one thing i never thought about myself whatsoever so the day of the wedding I was just all over the place, just trying to make sure everything was absolutely perfect so that she would show up. Because if if something would not go her way, you know, it would be like the world is ending. And like, you know, uh, she gets gets so disappointed whenever she never, when she doesn't get her way, like when she was going for policing, that sort of thing, and she didn't get in. Uh, I mean, she was absolutely devastated, but she was blaming it on other things and like she would like if she, if she wouldn't be able to accomplish something she would blame it on something else besides her um like uh, it was always seen to be somebody else's fault and not her fault which i kind of noticed as a pattern with her and her son it seems to be always somebody else's fault they would never be able to do any wrong and so i had to make sure that that wedding was absolutely 100 percent spot on perfect and it was um it went off without a hitch um you know, a little, few little hiccups here, but she didn't notice it, so that was fine. Um, so, a beautiful wedding. Uh, you know, we're starting this up here, that sort of thing. And about at that point, shortly after, that's when things just started to go down. Um, so she, you know, she has the beautiful engagement ring, the beautiful ring, that sort of thing. She's got everything that she ever wants, but for some reason, she just wanted more. So I noticed that her attention to me started to um, kind of subside, that sort of thing. We, I found ourselves, we weren't talking very much anymore, and uh, our love life, which was incredibly hot right in the beginning, uh, all the way through, um, even especially especially after incidents, that sort of thing, it was just nonstop. Um, now I just kind of noticed that things were kind of going away a little bit, and... Uh, she ended up rekindling with a, a friend from high school um, shortly after we got married, and uh, it turned out that these people um, were in the swinger community. And uh, I'm like, okay, cool, it's great. They're they're very nice people. It's great that they're they do what they do. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Um, but these people, uh, this couple. Um, I had what's called like meet and greets with this the swinger community, and she wondered if I wanted to go. And I'm like, oh, like, you know, do I have to do anything? Like, you know, we're not hooking up with people or anything like that, eh? Because I'm not comfortable with that at all. And she's like, no, no, we'll just go there and we'll see what happens. I don't like that term, see what happens, because. I don't want to see what happens <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> so we ended up going to this this party, and we were there with a couple other friends, that sort of thing. And we're just there, it's dancing, everything's fine. You know, everybody's very nice and that sort of thing. And then our friends decide, you know, they had, they um, our friends from out of town. They had a hotel room close by. They're like, you want to come by for a drink afterwards? And my, you know, my wife said, yeah, sure, let's go. And so we we went. We didn't know that, you know, they invited, you know, ten other people to go with them. And it literally happened within one snap of your fingers. We were up there at room for about 10 seconds and um, everybody just started taking their clothes off. <laughs> and I was, I'm just kind of sitting here like, what's going on here? And my wife had no issues jumping in there right away. 
to get things started. And uh, I kind of sat there for a little bit until I was grabbed by her. Um, and then all of a sudden now we're in a full blown, uh, orgy and, uh, uh, I kind of looked over at one point and there was a guy that was, uh, doing things to my wife and all of a sudden this guy's wife starts grabbing me and now I'm kind of in between her legs and anyway, it's getting really, really bad. And, uh, at one point I could feel some, somebody put a hand on my head while I'm kind of down there and I kind of look up and it's my wife that's doing it. And I'm like, what is going on here? Like, like I don't want to be in this type of situation. You know, I'm not a big fan of this. So the next day we ended up talking about it and I said, I don't want to do that ever again. Uh, and, uh, she's like, well, maybe we just kind of toned down a little bit. I said, no, I don't want to ever do that again. And so she kind of got disappointed about it. And I said, no, I don't want to go to these, these things anymore. I said, this is it's very uncomfortable for me. Um, I'm sure, you know, some people like these sort of things. This is just not me. And so anyways, um, she kind of backed off a little bit, but then brought it back up again and said, well, what if we just kind of do it smaller style? Maybe we find a couple. I said, you know, I'm not really comfortable with this, but eventually she just manipulated me and persuaded me and, and just kept on just pouring it on and that sort of thing until she convinced me. So she's like, let's just try it again and see what happens. So I'm like, okay. I, but I, I said, I don't want to do what we did last time. It's, it's not, I don't want to do that. And she's like, no, of course not. And then, she, uh, then all of a sudden it went from, you know, we'll try it again to now she's creating a, a, a Facebook profile with, with us. Cause th- that's how these people communicate. They create a profile and, talk to groups and you know and stuff happens and anyways i'm gonna leave that one alone and uh so now we're kind of swingers i guess and i don't want to be one but apparently i've been i've been i've been persuaded into one and uh we never actually did anything after that um uh we went we went to a few more of these parties and that sort of thing we had fun we danced everything was great but then i said no i'm not doing it um so anyways, I, I, I tried to figure out why we were going through this. Was it something we needed to, to spice up our life, our sex life or anything like that? Because I thought it was really good. And she even told me it was really good. And she's just like, I just like the thrill of it. And I'm like, okay, can we thrill other ways? Like not with other people. And she's like, okay. But she was kind of, she was disappointed in it. She was disappointed. She didn't like the, she didn't like my answer that, that I just wasn't into this. And this, when she doesn't get her way, she'll find a way to get her way, some way, shape, or form. And she's done it throughout the entire relationship, and she's going to try her best to try and make sure this happens. If not, then who knows? Um, so anyways, we ended up meeting another uh, couple uh, through the swinger couple who were not swingers. They were normal, you know, not normal. They were they were just regular people that, you know, like, you know, you know, like to talk. They like their they like their husbands and wives just fine, and uh, so we we started hanging out with these people a lot more that sort of thing. So it was uh, this this uh, couple. One the wife was a uh, uh, a daycare uh, provider, and then uh, this other guy was uh, the husband was uh, kind of like an artist, a freelance artist kind of thing. And um, so we started hanging out with them quite a bit through the summer. This was just last summer, and uh, we even helping him out with his business. Uh, his, his uh, artist business and everything like that, doing fundraisers for him and that sort of thing. And I noticed something in, 
in in my wife, but I didn't actually put it together. So uh, this guy had a specific kind of a clothing that he would wear, and then all of a sudden she started buying the same clothing. I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. You know, it's not. It was it was a unique style of clothing that you wouldn't. Ex- I would never expect my wife to wear, but anyway, she started wearing it. And this guy had a lot of tattoos, and she's decided that she wanted to start getting more tattoos. And she actually had a uh, a tattoo drawn up by him. And it was the tattoo is actually her face, which I found kind of weird. I never see people get a tattoo of their face done on them, um, but it was done in a way where it was covering her. There was a lace covering her eyes, and it was just the bottom half of her face, and it had you know it had some unique wording on it and that sort of thing, like uh, just some sayings that sort of thing. I found it super weird um, of, of getting a tattoo of yourself on your face. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and then at the same time, she started really getting into the fitness, really starting to work out again. And she even to the point where she wanted to do a, a fitness photo shoot, uh, a professional fitness photo shoot. So I was helping her with her meal plans and everything like that and really pushing her to get this done and that sort of thing. And then she ended up doing it. And uh, um, she was wearing the clothing wear that this guy was wearing as a bikini. And then, of course, this guy's company hat was on there and that sort of thing. And it almost felt like, was it for him or for her? And... You know, I started pulling pieces together. We ended up hanging out even more. And then there was even at more points she would tell me that she would run into him from time to time. And, and you know, they would be talking and that sort of thing. And it, like, it's, it just, everything just started feeling, you know, almost too coincidental. And then this past New Year's, um, we ended up going to a party with the same couple. And uh, that's where I started noticing some things. You know, it looked like they were kind of fondling each other weird and that sort of thing. And it just things became too close. And uh, in the car ride home, I remember, and, and I, I at that point, I decided to go home because we were going to another party. And uh, I saw my wife look at this guy. And I know that look. And I've, I've had that look before. And I know what, what she's thinking with that look. And that's where I lost it. And I said, oh, God, just take me home. And I went home and I couldn't sleep at all at, at all that night. She came in later on and she went to bed and I, I got out of the bed and I went downstairs and I was just fuming. Uh, like I, I, I couldn't believe like she's doing this again, but this time she's doing it in front of my face. And she's thinking that I don't know anything about this. So I, I, I ended up going for a walk that morning to try and clear my thoughts and trying to think like, how could she do this right now? Like, I don't know what's going on. Like I've done absolutely. I possibly can for this woman. And you know, I've, I've, I've changed my look. I've, I've, I've changed the way I act. I've going to the gym for crying out loud, you know, which, you know, it's fine. It's, you know, it's good to go to the gym, but you know, I, I, you know, I, I do absolutely everything around the house for, her. I take care of the kids, make sure everything's all good make sure that she doesn't have to do anything. Cause she can focus on whatever she needs to focus on, which was anything but, you know, everything, but, you know, you know, it was all about her. I confronted her that morning and I asked her and I said, what's going on between you and and this guy? And I said, it looks like you guys are getting really close, that sort of thing. And she kind of looked at me like I was crazy. And she said, you're, you know, and that's what she called me. You're crazy. I said, you're talking about, he's, he's married. And, and, you know, I would never do anything like that to a, to a married person, that sort of thing. You know, now I'm thinking back, well, you, you did, but, um, you know, and then she's like, "Like I, I love you. Like the sex is great, everything's great. Why would I want to go with anybody else?" That sort of thing. So I kind of, I kind of, I brushed it off a little bit, but I didn't like that answer. 
Um, so I ended up putting a camera in our house just to see what's going on. Cause she worked different kind of uh, shifts than I did. She was, uh, she was on night shifts and that sort of thing. And she was spending, you know, she'd always have a lot of time to herself at home. I just wanted to see if there was anything going on. And, you know, uh, I would see her leave the house and I would kind of ask her, you know, Hey, what's going on? Where are you going? That sort of thing. Or, or what are you up to today? She's like, Oh, you know, I'm just gonna you know, go, I'm going to go to the gym and that sort of thing. Well, she left the house with no gym bag. So I don't know how you're going to go to the gym. And so then she would say, Oh, I'm just going to this store. I'll be back in about an hour. And then, you know, the camera would show, she'd come back, you know, four hours later, that sort of thing. So she was meeting somebody, um, or doing something she wasn't supposed to be doing. Anyways, I, uh, uh, I noticed that on the camera one day she was in a very interesting phone call with someone. I didn't know who, because there was no sound. Um, so I was trying to figure out if there's a way I can get sound on this camera. And you could with the, with a laptop, if you take it out and put it in a laptop. So I went home that night, plugged it into a laptop and it was this guy and it was her talking and they were talking about uh, what they were going to do to each other and um, how much his voice melts her her body and um, how much of a connection they have and how much in love that she is with him and that sort of thing. And, you know, and then they would finish off by bashing his wife, uh, you know, and and just I couldn't believe the, the, the conversation they were having with each other. Um, I heard that and uh, I was kind of done at that point. I just I I couldn't believe that she was she was saying this to somebody after what she has at her you know at home with the model husband you know I had my faults but I mean I basically provided everything I possibly could to her and more and she was still going out and and finding you know more more praise more affirmation like I couldn't give her enough like it just wasn't enough so I talked to her the next day about it and I said, what, why now? Why? What's going on now? And then she finally said, oh, I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I said, well, how long have you not been happy for? I'm like, she's like two to three months. I'm like, well, why haven't you ended it? You know, if you, did, if you weren't happy, you know, we could have fixed it or we could have just ended it. And then I asked her, I said, what do you want to do? So, like, she's now done this several times, but yet still in my mind, like, she's got me so kind of twisted that I'm still willing to try and make this work. And... Like, I still think there's hope and that sort of thing. And that her, her manipulation and her schmoozing and her, like, her persuasiveness and her love bombing throughout the whole entire year has just got me hooked. That I, now I just, all I want is just more. All I want is just more of her. And it's almost like she can do no wrong. I even checked myself into therapy um, to try and see if there's anything wrong with me. And I asked her, I said, you should go into therapy too, just to see what's going on. Because why do you keep doing this to me? And that sort of thing. And then she said, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll look into therapy. Well, she never did. And my therapist really opened my eyes when I first couple sessions with him. And he basically said, uh, you know, um, she's, you can't be with this woman anymore. And it kind of opened up my eyes like, well, wow, that's pretty aggressive saying that. He's like, well, he." He started explaining, you know, the the four, you know, the basics of a relationship, and he started asking questions: Did she do this? Did she do that? Did she do, you know, she respect you? Does she is, is she honest? Is she trustworthy? Does she communicate? And I said no to all those, and that's what made me open up my eyes that I I'm not with I, I can't be with this person anymore. 
and that sort of thing. Like she was like, uh, I mean, outside the outside world sees her as a, a wonderful, beautiful woman and that sort of thing. And, you know, very bubbly and outgoing, but deep inside, she's got some serious problems going on here. Like there's, there's, there's a lot of hidden, hidden emotions and, and, and she just, she keeps it really well hidden. So, so I have something written down on my piece of paper and I was going to bring it up eventually, but you, you, you just said the word and I, I have it written down three times here and I circle, I doodle sometimes while I'm, I'm listening and, uh, <laughs> the word was respect and, yeah. So when it comes to that word and how you're feeling and dealing with your whole entire relationship, because I don't know what else is coming, but um, I guess is the biggest thing for you after all of it, and you don't have to answer this now, but uh, feeling like you didn't were never respected? Looking back now, um, now that I know... Uh, the, the the tools that she used on me, absolutely not. She shows no respect to anybody, not even to her own son. Sometimes, the only person she respects is herself. And you know, so I mean, shortly after my therapy sessions, I started I started researching a little bit. And it's funny, like through conversations in the past with her, she kept on calling other people narcissists. And I never even knew what the, the word even meant. I'm like, that sounds bad. So I just like, okay, I never actually researched the term or what it was all about until I started, you know, um, looking up online and, and looking at self-help. And then I found your podcast and a few other little podcasts just about emotional behavior and emotional abuse. And I just, I realized that I've been emotionally abused this entire time. I've been, I've been fed bullshit the entire time and while she was off just you know kind of doing whatever she is that she wanted to do and that like it doesn't matter what I do for her it'll never be enough for her it'll never it'll never never satisfy her she cannot be in a relationship Uh, she needs like it's because she just constantly wants more more praise more affirmation that's why she was always on her phone all the time so then I started researching what love bombing was and and and, uh, gaslighting and trauma bonding and, and NPD and all this sort of thing. And every time somebody would, would talk about a subject, I was like, it's exactly what she did word for word, almost like, you know, action for action. Like it, it was, it was just unbelievable. I said, I've, I've been, I've been married and I've been dating a, a narcissist for seven years and I didn't even realize it. And I didn't realize that how sneaky these people can be. And how, and just how, like how poorly they could treat somebody and then just turn around and just live their life normally like nothing had ever happened. And that's exactly what she had done for seven years. She would do a bad thing, but then she would just slide it under the rug and then continue living her life like she didn't do anything wrong. I'm like, how can you even live with yourself with doing that? So I finally, after a few therapy sessions, I started telling people. I never told anybody about the first two times that sort of thing, but I started telling people. I started off with my you know, my sister because she's the most level-headed person I know, and then uh, at that point, like uh, my son decided he didn't want to live with us anymore, or live with me anyway. He wanted to spend full time at his mom's, and when I asked why, he says, "Because I can't be with her. She doesn't treat me well." And at that point. I just, I didn't want to argue with him or try because I we've had this conversation before in the past, uh, 
and I would persuade him to say, no, she's a very good person. No, you're absolutely wrong. You're, you know, you're wrong. Like, no, just give her another chance, that sort of thing. So, like, deep down, my 11-year-old son knew more than I did and, you know, pegged her out right away, you know. So with now with my son gone and now I'm starting to tell people, I'm almost setting myself up to end it all right there. Like before, I I, I just kind of hide it and keep it close to me and not even tell anybody about it because I didn't want to hurt her. Well, now I was done protecting her. So I finally, a couple weeks after this all happened, I asked if she'd gone to see a therapist. Nope. She, she, she had taken no action on this whatsoever. It was almost like she didn't care about the relationship or didn't care about fixing it. And I finally said, okay, I've had enough. I'm done. I want to start the separation, that sort of thing. And I had to beg her for an apology during that, that whole thing. Like I, cause I even told her, I said, not once, you know, throughout this entire marriage that you ever really said sorry about for anything that you did. And you did do something wrong. I had to convince her that she did something wrong. Like she didn't even, she never admitted it. I had to convince her. So she's got literally 100% no remorse about anything that she does. Anything that she does is perfectly fine because it makes her happy. Doesn't, and she doesn't care about anybody else's feelings whatsoever. I mean, it was just absolutely unreal. So, I mean, we've now started the, the separation progress, but she's been dragging it on and dragging it on. And the reason why is because she's now, she, in between all this, she's still love bombing and, well, I guess now it would be called trauma bonding at this point. Like, she knows, okay, I'm done with this relationship. What, what can I do to try and turn him around? What can I do to try and persuade him and that sort of thing? So she would persuade me in a sexual way. And, you know, uh, you know, ask me to rub her shoulders or ask me to rub her feet or something like that. And, and, and I would fall for it again. I'm leaving this woman, but yet I'm still rubbing her feet. Like, I just don't get it, you know? And, you know, it was just unreal. And I go tell my therapist this and he's like, what are you doing to yourself? He said, you're not doing anything that's healthy for you. And he, he started teaching me that you've got to start looking out for you. And the more and more I saw my therapist and the more and more research I was doing online, the more I realize that I'm not helping myself at all with this situation. And yet she's getting everything that she wants out of me, you know? So, um, finally I decided I'm, I have to put in boundaries of, of how I'm going to live with this person, especially at this moment, like during COVID, um, because we're still living together right now because the separation process is still going on, but I've had to install boundaries. One was, uh, absolutely no talk about anything sexual um, because that always seemed to just always end up, you know, we would end up having sex and then almost like things would go back to normal again. And it's like, no, that's not what I want to do. So I've had to put in some boundaries of just absolutely no, I don't want to talk to her about anything except a separation agreement and, you know, buying at the house or anything to do to get out. Um, I've left the bedroom now because my son's no longer with, living with us, so I'm living in his room right now because uh, I felt like if I was in the bed, nothing came out of that except for trouble. And it, it, it was something that she wanted. She even tried to persuade me to come back to the bed so many times. Like, I really miss you, and it's really different sleeping in the bed, and it's cold, and, you know, I, I just like touching you whenever, you know, I'm in bed and that sort of thing. And a couple of times it worked, but once I finally moved out of the bed... <clears throat> you know, then what she would try and it just wouldn't work anymore. Um, so is she currently so, in the house right now while we're talking? 
No, I'm I'm in another spot right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, I would. <laughs> no, that's just no. That's crazy talk. No, I don't have that big of a house. So <laughs> for her talking about that, if she heard us right now, she would be uh, she would be on fire right now. And uh, no, I, I found another spot. But yeah, we're still living together right now. And uh, it took her about two months to tell her family that we were done. That we were done as as a couple. Um, her mother knew something was going on long before then, but she's never told them the truth of why. And I recently just got into an argument with her, that sort of thing, because um, uh, she wants to buy me out. So we were talking about finances, and finances. her finances really triggers her. This is where she becomes rage. Anything to do with finances or her self-image. Um, so she was talking about finances and how much that I'm gouging her uh, for taking what I'm entitled to. I'm not taking anything more than I'm entitled to. I just want to get out of the house and go away, take half of the house and away we go. And, uh, she's just like, I feel like I'm getting gouged and that sort of thing. And I kind of said, well, you know, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have done what you've done to the marriage. And it eventually, you know, I, I, I kind of got a little bit heated because I haven't really had a chance to really explode, um, through this whole thing. Um, it's still kind of stuck in me, um, like to actually blow up at her, um, like to just to show her, like really tell her truly how I feel. So I've been doing a lot of journaling and I think at the end of the day, I'm just going to hand that to her and say, have a read. And that's it. But I kind of blurted out the fact that she was cheating and that sort of thing. And she's, she was telling me to keep my voice down because her son was upstairs. And I said, why do you want to keep my voice down? And she's like, well, I don't want him to hear. I said, you don't want him to hear the truth. And she's like, well, it's none of his business. I'm like, Oh my God, man. Is it because, and it's because of her image. She doesn't want anybody to know that she is, um, she's a cheater and that, uh, she's a narcissist. Um, I even told her she was one too. And, uh, I haven't got a response back from that, but she went absolutely silent when I did tell her that. Um, I'm hoping that kind of hit her, but I know that these types of people, they just, they don't believe it. That's why they continue to do it. Um, but at this point, I can't even stand to look at her anymore. And, and how, I, how I is, just, sorry, how is your relationship now with your son and him knowing that you're finally uh, going to be getting a divorce from her? Was there any ill will between you two while it was going on? And... Um, are you, if if there was, are you trying to repair that? Um, I think my son was a little bit hesitant to talk to me about a lot of things because I was always taking her side. So he was never able to really open up truly uh, about his feelings, um, until he kind of, until he learned that, you know, that we were no longer going to be together. Um, at this point now he just wants it to be done and he wants to come back. He does want to come back and live with me, but just me. Okay. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to have anything to do with her whatsoever. That sort of thing. He still has a hard time talking to me about it. He doesn't really want to talk about her at all. So that's going to be a sensitive subject for for a while for him. So I've I've tried to keep a, not not really talk about her that sort of thing. It was funny. A couple of days ago, she was she she was in the love trauma bonding stage. And she was asking about him, which was the first time in a month that she that she had asked about him, and wondering when he when he's ever coming back. I said he doesn't want to come back, and uh, he just doesn't feel comfortable here anymore. And I, I wanted to say because you know he doesn't like you, but 
again, I was protecting her and said, he just doesn't want to come back anymore. Uh, so he just wants, he just wants to live with his, with his mother. And, you know, for the longest time I was also treating it like, oh, he's quarantined and he doesn't want, he can't leave the house and that sort of thing. Well, quarantine's over now, but at least on his end. And now it's just, now he just doesn't want to come. So, uh, she knows, she knows, she knows that he doesn't like her. So. And as far as you go, um, before you were talking about anger and being angry and allowing yourself to be angry through everything that has gone on and how you were treated and, and how you felt that maybe you, you know, that you did not you did not get any respect and um, so you're dealing with anger issues. Have you gotten through to a certain points now where you're now dealing with other emotions? If you deal with shame or guilt. Uh, about what has gone on and if so how are you and your therapist kind of uh, going through that so yeah my therapist is basically he's got me on the track of 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 learning to love myself again um he knows that i'm really beaten up and that uh, i've got to repair myself before i can repair anything um so i've gone through i've gone through grieving and then of course, then, you know, then she'll trauma bond or love bond, and then I'll kind of go back to, all right, maybe I'll negotiate kind of thing, or now, but, you know, and then, uh, you know, then something else bad happens, or, you know, we talk about our finances or something like that, and then I go back to being angry again. So um, he's given me some tools to kind of how to get that anger out um, without actually getting angry at her. Um, so, uh there's been times where I've been driving in my car and I'm literally yelling at the top of my lungs, not so very nice things about her. And that seems to help. The one big thing that really does help me is journaling is, is writing it down. Um, it, it, it really gets, it, it gets it off my chest because writing it on, I find that when you're writing something down, it, it, it seems more real and almost it's some like more concrete. Like it's like it's, it's there. It's on paper. That's my feelings right there on paper. And I mean, I can go on journaling and I don't just journal about her. I think I journal about everything now, everything with, with, with work, with, with my son, with her son, who I still have a, a very good relationship with. Um, you know, anything that, that bothers me now, I, I write it down. So that's helping me with my anger a little bit. Um, I think now I'm at the point where I'm just, uh, I think I'm, I, you know, I, I still grieve a little bit. I feel a little, I feel shame because obviously I don't like, I don't want to be divorced twice. Um, you know, I, 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 everybody tells me, you know, I'm a great guy and I'm that sort of thing. I don't, and I think I am. And I just have to start learning to really believe that I am and that sort of thing. And I have to realize that this wasn't all my fault. You know, I, even like during like, the beginning stages i thought it was my fault like this was my like what did i do to drive her over to to do this and you know it was you, a lot were, of self you, it was a lot of self-doubt yeah but you were dealing with someone who love bombed you gave you the <clears throat> heroin you needed and you know you were a pleaser and would go over yep. the top to make uh, this person feel good and your partner uh was is an is an impulsive person who always needs something and yeah, and if you're unable in that minute of the day be able to provide your partner with that something, your partner was going to find that something somewhere else. And sometimes, you know, having the job of always, you know, you had the job of you had to be there 
and be ready when your partner wanted to do something. And then if you wanted to do something, I'm going to assume that your partner was just like, unless it fit their schedule, it wasn't happening or it was happening. Um, so you were constantly, you were constantly the servant to their, uh, impulsive needs and they'll always have that impulsive need. They will not get filled. Uh, it will be a constant thing and you were caught in the drama of, you know, if I don't feed this thing, am I going to be on the chopping block or things along those lines? Um, so you constantly try to do things to prove your worth that they won't leave because our self-esteem at a certain point uh, evaporates because, you know, they've made us believe that they are the be all and end all and they love you and that's injected in you. And then you're caught in that web. And once you're in that web, uh, it's not easy to get out of. No, it's still not. Even with what's going on right now, like I still, there's still parts of me where I'm kind of thinking like, you know, she can change this. She can turn this around if she just gets a little bit of help and that sort of thing. And, you know, maybe she can just turn this around, but it's, it's, it's more as day, as more days go by and that sort of thing, it just gets more and more clear that that's never going to happen. And that, you know, if she keeps this up, like she's just going to be, end up being an, an old lonely person, that sort of thing, which, you know, she said about that, about a bunch of women, that sort of thing. But she's got to look, she's got to look in the mirror and look for a really long time. And I think, with the help of my therapy, I'm now learning to move forward and not try and hang back and, 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 and try and fix what I can't fix anymore. I can only fix me and, and, and make myself better and that sort of thing. So that's my goal now going forward is just trying to better myself every single day and just leave her behind and don't care about what she does, that sort of thing. Because I would always care about what she does, that sort of thing. Even to the point where I was like check, checking to see if she was online or something like that. If she was on, you know, one of the messengers or something like that. I'd always see if she was online or what she doing, who she talking to. Now it's just get get off the of social I've, media. I've for actually now. I've actually snoozed her. I don't even I don't even see her updates or anything like that anymore. So I've, I'm trying to get her off social media. So I don't even have anything to do with her anymore. So before we end off the show, do you have any um, words of wisdom for others? Yeah, I've got I've got some words of wisdom here. So um, learning about what these people, what narcissists are all about, is that notice the signs early because they happen very, very early. So the red flags for me is definitely the love bombing. Um, that will catch you right away, that sort of thing. So if someone is saying, you know, you're the one and I love you and let's get married within a couple of weeks, I would run 100%. But nobody who's got a healthy mind thinks like that. Um, I'm starting to learn that now is uh, that, you know, that's that's not that's not what a, a normal person would think. I mean, there's there's love, you know, there's there's love, but that's not real love. Uh, that's 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 one thing I've I've uh, I've learned and and also don't give a hundred percent of yourself to someone else because they're just going to take it and take it and take it and then when you've run out of when you've run out of gas they're going to look somewhere else to get it and you know believe in yourself and 
believe that you are a good person and you know that's you have to you know if you're a good person and you believe you're a good person and you, and you love yourself then that person's going to love you too because they know that you love yourself as well um you know it's just you know and and like i said don't give yourself to anybody don't give all yourself to anybody you got to leave some for yourself um and uh if 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 you do see these red flags like love bombing and and, and manipulations and gaslighting, you gotta run. And if you find you don't know how to do it, get into therapy and learn learn how to do learn learn these the, these techniques and that sort of thing and learn that what they can do to people and and you know how it can ruin your life um, if you don't get out. Um, I'm not 100% there yet, but hopefully soon. I'll be there and I'll be a much better person because of it. Well, James, I hope you are as well. And um, thank you for being on the show today and sharing your story uh, with us. It's been an honor. Thank you very much. Thanks for letting me speak my mind because this is the last time I'm talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. That is good. That's yeah. what we like to hear that, you know, yeah. you take this and, and you move on and you get some closure uh, hopefully from this. Um, and I just want to thank you once again. And for everyone else that is listening, I hope yep. you have a good night.